If this is all a dream, what's going to happen when we wake up? I don't know, but I can't wait to find out on this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Thunder Road 3 now online. How can I help you travel through movie space-time today? Course entered. Explorers, 1985. Is this correct? Yeah. Course set. Rewinding in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your exo and mine, Paul, the PaulJPowers.com Powers. Today being played by a mouse, apparently. Uh, also for this discussion of the film Explorers, we welcome back aboard engineering officer of the pod, Danae Berg. Hey, Danae. Welcome Hello. to the Thunder Road 3. Yes, we're on the Thunder Road 3. So, maybe the I guess escape the- pod of the Thunder <laughs> Road 2 or the, the, the pod itself. The, the, it's more like the, um, the away ship of the pod, the scout oh, yeah. ship, away ship. It's the replacement of the vessel. Thunder Road 2, which is yeah. our shuttle, basically, right? Well, no, it is the replacement for that. Yeah, it's our shuttle craft <clears throat> okay, to yeah, the yeah. main ship. Anyway, if you're like really confused right now, check out our ship's logs. We've had a whole like 14 parts, 15 part story now of what's been happening. But now that you have a quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for Explorers? Sure. The Explorers was a TV series from 1972 to 1976 with episodes running 55 minutes long. The lead star Paul, Paul, being you hear that Leslie sigh? Nielsen. Do you hear that sigh that I'm putting out there into I the universe? I thought you were just a tired old man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're older than me, Paul. Yeah, well, you know, you're only as old as you feel. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Paul. Yeah. Not a TV show. No. We're covering the movie Explorers. Oh, from 1985. Oh. That could have been brought to my attention yesterday. All right, let me go back and rewatch the right one. All right. Explorers, not the Explorers, but just Correct. Explorers. Yes. Was released July 12th, 1985 and runs an hour and 49 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's rated PG and it was directed by Joe Dante and his Inferno of Gremlins and other things. <laughs> It was written by Eric Luke, and with lead stars being Ethan Hawke, River Phoenix, Bobby Fitte, whoever that is, fight, and uh, Robert Picardo, with music also being composed by Jerry Goldsmith. Are you ready for the box office trivia? I'm ready. Danae, are you ready? I'm so ready. And everyone who's live here in chat, feel free to join in as well. Go for it, Paul. All right. Explorers was made for about $20 million and unfortunately only earned just under $10 million at the box office. <laughs> Given this fact, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the movies released theatrically in 1985? This time we'll go for the top 100. Top 100. All right. Well, Danae, what is your guess? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Um... I'll, t- I'll give you this much. It's not number one, so you only have 99 to choose. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. It's madness. Is it closest to, or is it like Price, of right, rule, price is Right rules? We, it depends closest if I'm going to. It's closest, closest to. Okay. to. 
Yeah. Okay, uh, 53. 53, okay. Uh, almost toward the middle. Uh, let's see. Kevin in chat guesses 13. Star Fox guesses 80. Hafner, 86. Apple Dance, 93. So it just keeps going down and down and down. I'm going to be <laughs> somewhat generous to this and say 49. That's going to be my guess. But, Paul, where did this actually pan out in the we'll top give, 100? We'll give Bobo the honorary 42, Mark. Oh, but- really? Oh, oh, was it 42? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, uh, Hafner hit it right on the head. It's really? 86. Oh, wow. According okay. to boxofficemojo.com this time. Well done, Hafner. Yeah, sway that, Bobo, you're a bit behind, but yes, 42, that wasn't it. Thank you for those factoids, Paul, and let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind meld or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we will get to once Alice, I mean Travis, has located our target film. Alert. Alert. Target located. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. If someone finds out about this, they're going to try to take it away from us, and they can't do that because you dreamt it, I built it, and it's our secret. It was a discovery. Tonight, we launch. Beyond their imagination. Yeah, open up. Let's see what you can do. Now it's taking them to a place. We're going straight up. Beyond the stars. Here. River Phoenix and Ethan Hawke star in an out-of-this-world adventure. Me Ben. Me Tarzan. No! It's intergalactic fun for the entire family in The Explorers. Yes, intergalactic fun for the whole family, especially when you use the score from Willow to uh, publicize your movie. <laughs> Who um, wrote the score to Willow? Uh, Horner, I think. Yeah, I think James Horner. That sounds right. Oh, okay. That sounds right. Um, it would have been cool if it was Jerry Goldsmith. But uh, memories of com- composers aside, the, that uh, trailer probably brings back some memories we had for Explorers, if we ever watch this movie. Um, and let's find out what that is, what those memories were in our memory mind melt synopsis. Kids find a bubble that gives them dreams of going to Gattaca to find the cross of Coronado. <laughs> they use, that's some deep cuts there. I wonder who, who remembered that. Uh, they use those dreams to build a spaceship from an old carnival ride, leading young Indiana Jones to team up with teenage Ethan Hawke and some curly-haired kid to meet teenage aliens in outer space. Um, I mean, I, I guess there are bits and pieces of that where that were correct, but most of it was. <laughs> Accepted. But based on those memories, as flawed as they were, uh, what reign did they lead you to predict for uh, this film before you rewatched it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Danae, I believe this was your first time watching the film. Is that it, correct? It was. And okay. I'm not going to lie, didn't even know this was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're, oh, you're like, oh, we're reviewing that 51 part uh, uh, series on TV, The Explorers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah I'm course. in. Sign me up. <laughs> so was I, but no. Oh, my gosh. Well, well, so not knowing anything about this, what was your prediction for Explorers, Danae? Um, based solely on the fact that I hadn't heard of it, mm-hmm. I, was gonna, I was going to predict tragic. Tragic. All right. That's fair. Uh, Paul, how about you? Uh, I enjoyed this as a kid. Never saw it in the theater, but uh, mm. watched it on home video uh, countless times. And um, 
So I predicted classic. Classic? Okay, wow. For me, I have seen it before, and I never really got into it all that much and didn't really wasn't really looking forward to the rewatch when I saw that it was one of the ones missing from our archives or got corrupted in our archives. So I predicted tragic as well. But it will be interesting to see if those predictions come true. But first, let's get into the things we liked. We did like about Explorers. Travis, spin up our... Best Bits. All right. And let's start with Danae. What's one thing you did like about Explorers? Um, I, I did like the casting. Mm-hmm. I think... Mm-hmm. I think that I think that it was well cast. They were a good age for it. Yeah. I thought Ethan Hawke for his age was was a good actor. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I won't say like, you know, all of the script writing was great, but I don't think that's <gasps> their fault. But I think the casting was good and it had yeah, I'll leave it at that. I like okay. it. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Very fair. Paul, uh, w- were there any members of the cast you gravitated to that made your like list or did something else uh um, not float in particular, to the top for you? but uh I enjoyed the music by uh, Gary Gold, Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry. Did you now? Jerry. Did you now? <laughs> um, I mean, not all of. Well, I thought it was good. Yeah. Okay. For, especially for this, for the tone, the type of movie that, this it is. It fits the movie well. Yeah. 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 Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I'm curious. Did you feel like it? It felt too much, almost like Star Trek in a way. I know Jerry Goldsmith does a lot of uh, Star Trek scores. No. No. Okay. I was curious. This was right on par for teenagers. In space. <laughs> <laughs> so, Space Camp John Eight, Williams is what you're saying. Teen- 80s. Yeah. Young teenagers, not these punk rock teenagers. <laughs> in space. All right. All right. Fair. Uh, for me, something that I enjoyed was uh, I, I felt like sort of going to what you're saying, uh, Danae, about how the, who was who cast. I, I felt like the way that they. I guess the lines they gave the these kids to say made them feel grounded. Like they were referencing pop culture items. They they yeah. seemed like actual like I, I almost I think when I want to say like freshman in high school or maybe the top of middle school. I I wasn't quite sure. I didn't pay that much attention to the school name that they went. I was to. about to say you were in. Did you fall asleep again? Because there <laughs> no, was like I a did fall half asleep. second shot of it said junior high. <laughs> All yeah. right, so junior high then. Okay, yeah. okay. But they were they were obviously older junior high. Yes. It so, would have been better if they had been high schoolers instead of junior high school. Yeah, probably young high schoolers. Yeah, yeah. that would have been yeah. So I, I thought that they felt like actual kids in this mm-hmm. place. I, it didn't feel like I, it, it didn't feel like your typical 30 year olds playing high schoolers. You know, I was, like I was right there. I was like, wow, they actually got high schoolers to play high schoolers. Then I saw it was like junior high. Oh, they tried. <laughs> You're 12. You're 12. <laughs> oh, yeah, how old were they when, they when they filmed it? Well, River That's Phoenix was the oldest. I think he was about. Yeah. Um, 15, 16. Okay. And okay. Ethan Hawke was 14. And, yeah. and what's his name was Jason, something. Jason Darren or whoever was 13. Okay. Yeah. So I'm surprised. Darren was actually junior high age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. So I actually, I, this is, I didn't really go into this like particular characters, but I liked his uh, character the most, this sort of mechanic mm. kid that could do it, do it all. I'm trying right. to type correctly so I could get his name up. It, it's actually the role River Phoenix wanted. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, but it was uh, 
<clears throat> I thought his name was Darren. Was it Steve? In the ki- in the no, Steve Jackson oh, was yeah. the bu- was no, no, the right. bully. Yeah, yeah. Darren Woods <laughs> Darren- was the character name played by Jason Presson. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right, so that's that's something else I liked uh, yes. in a roundabout way of saying they felt like grounded characters. Yeah. Uh, Danae, oh, they, they felt like kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Danae, uh, uh-huh. what made you feel good about Explorers? Oh, uh, let's see. It, this is like in the next like. Yes, exactly. Uh, let's see. Because I... it's my perfect segue that you obviously know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I missed it because I was looking at my list. <laughs> Uh, I I thought that they did a pretty good job with the 80s ambiance. I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's obviously it's filmed in the 80s, but yeah. like it this fits is no right Stranger in. Things. Jeez, yeah. come but on! Like, it it definitely fits in that era of movies well. Yeah, um, absolutely. It captures. It's not it's not the best fleshed out like set production and all of that mm-hmm. plot development but it definitely felt like it was in the 80s and it felt yep. in place and it still holds up as like seeming nostalgic and looking realistically yeah set in the yeah 80s. yeah i mean the whole like having to get a, a newspaper out of the like the thing right there yeah with put the coin in i'm like yeah. whoa that's a that's a throwback i haven't seen those yeah. like, forever. And, and them hold yeah. that one guy holding the phone as he's calling somebody walking yes. around holding yes, it's like yes, oh yes, yes. that's such a people just don't hold their phones and talk anymore like that anymore yeah there's just a a lot of things where when Travis and I were watching it not Travis the system but oh oh Oh, you're You're married to the AI Travis (laughs) no the non-capitalized so confused Uh, but we're like (laughs) oh like this you know this gives me vibes of E.T. or Mm -hmm, Gremlins mm -hmm. you could definitely see the the crossover from Gremlins with being the same director at Mm -hmm. one point we're like oh this is giving me really big Mac and me vibes (laughs) 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 foreshadowing (laughs) yeah wait did he go on to do Mac and me no no, the the alien puppetry we're like why does this seem so campy Uh, we won't get into that but, but like it definitely had elements of a lot of these other kind of well-known 80s movies where you're like, okay, this fits Absolutely. right in the... Rep- yeah, yeah, Because totally. nothing's more well-known than Mac and me. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Paul Deep, Rudd. Deep yeah, cut. I was going to say if you're Paul Rudd. Um, and watch Conan a lot. Uh, yes. Paul, what's something else you liked about Explorers? Something else I really liked is uh, they have this whole alien theme going on and how they were able to even from the beginning utilize these old movies older movies with aliens in them oh yeah like war of the world, of the world. yeah and the star killer made up movie right yeah, the yeah. silent earth and i yeah, the yeah. fact that they were able to inc- to use them and incorporated them i thought was really good yeah and, absolutely and yeah you don't often see that like it, oh it's thrown here and there but this was really integrated well integrated mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it made sense why they were why they were put in there it wasn't yeah just like, it didn't feel forced in like exactly. oh this is an alien movie so we have to sh- reference alien movies you know yeah, exactly. but it was actually part of the plot and uh-huh. everything so mm-hmm. yeah absolutely uh speaking of the plot and sort of getting things going i thought the first like half of this movie Unlike Before the first half asleep. of Jurassic, I did fall asleep, Paul. <laughs> the first half of this movie, yes, uh, 
the, unlike Jurassic Park, was actually really good setup. Is like, oh, they're like, okay, they're they find this new cir- they dream about circuitry. Now they're like building it. Now they have to uh, see what this does. Now they're going to build a spa- uh, the Thunder Road to be inside this bubble, and then, like oh, all the foibles that happen with it, and all these testing sort of little set pieces that happen. I thought that was really interesting mm. uh, until nerd. They, they go <laughs> up to space, and then I'll stop right there with my like. All right. So <laughs> went up to space, ran out of air, the end. Okay. <laughs> I I wanted to I want to agree with you, except for I don't. But <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> you found the, the the pacing at least the first half uh, b- slow and boring. Yeah, I had such a hard well. Time. You like the first part of Jurassic Park, so what do you know, Danae? Slow and boring. <laughs> I like all of Jurassic Park, but so I, 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 I think what it was really missing because I yeah. do I do like the setup. It was unique. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The dream sequence part is a little bit weird. I yeah, I sort of get they Dreams don't are, really yeah. flesh that out very much. I mean, it's like barely explained. I mean, you kind of get it. And there's like this reference to the the police sheriff guy who had the same thing. And then they never come back to that. Yeah, either. they yeah. don't. Which it's was just weird, like, yeah. There's all these like little plot elements in the beginning where I feel like they could have done a better job establishing the characters mm-hmm. yeah, and their yeah. personalities. And I feel like you kind of come into it. It's like almost already started and there's no hmm. exposition at all. That's what I, I love know, about it. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> just jump right in. I was like, it, it didn't really feel like you got as much investment in these characters until about halfway through. And you're like, okay, they're like actually doing stuff. They're mm-hmm. like working together as a team. They've got this mm-hmm. plan. They're, you know, like iterative with their design process and improvements. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just didn't feel like there's, there was kind of an attempt to do some of the setting up like plot conflict with the whole girl he had a crush on and then mm-hmm. the bully mm-hmm. that like didn't even have a relevance to the plot yeah just, like, yeah that was least, really weird it was cause... trying too hard in a lot of ways that yeah. it could have just focused and had more of an effect <clears throat> on, on the, yeah. the movie because because like the bully sequence isn't really showing growth i guess it sort no. of makes for a uh darren and uh Ben, Ethan Hawke's character, to become friends, but then why are they even friends? It doesn't really because it doesn't feel like he's oh wow this from is but that doesn't seem like that doesn't seem like a big uh, yeah, why no, is he because saving them to, and then he was there when they when the ball became you know <laughs> appeared I and don't he know. was there it, with them it just didn't feel like there was a real something that tied them together there was a, yeah it was a lot of cohesion what if yeah. someone came over to your house when you were 10 years old and, and you had friends over and they're like there's no really connection between you guys. Like, what does this guy have to do with you anyway? I like, like he's a friend let from me school. Ex- yeah, let me explain this. So, uh, all uh, right, boring. So- move on. Let's go. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Fine. Le- you're right. Let's move on to the least boring parts of this movie. Our classic makers, uh, Paul. Why don't you start us off with your classic maker? Uh, it's what Danae started off with, and that's oh, the really? cast. Oh. I just thought this was extremely well cast. Oh, okay. Even even down to um, it, it was uh, Dick Miller there as the uh, the helicopter police guy, and mm-hmm. and even his friend from uh, Designing Women. I <laughs> so that what? was fun to see. Friend from the Zona. guy in the helicopter with Dick Miller. He's a guy. I was like, oh, I know him. He's from Designing Women. Oh, okay, okay. But I thought uh, the casting was just on fire. It was oh, okay. it was great to see the, these 
kids and their chemistry. I thought, mm-hmm. I thought was it was just fun to see them up on screen. I liked. Uh, oh, I was gonna uh, say I liked. Was it Mueller? Mueller's dad, the kid, the German dad. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He is that. Yes. What's that actor's name? But he's the farmer in Babe. And I yeah, was like, James Cromwell. It's like James this Cromwell. opportunity when he comes downstairs and there's a mouse. He could have said, "That'll do, mouse." Like, <laughs> <laughs> of course, this was like 20 years before that. I know. <laughs> no, th- see, this is where he should have told his son about the Prime Directive. Yeah. And, hey, yeah. the Vulcans are coming, but yeah, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he was. He was funny. That was a nice little cameo. Indeed. Um. The thing that, uh, oh, a quick aside, just this wasn't our trivia, so I'll say it here. That if you freeze frame it on the newspaper that the guy that you're the design women guy buys after they get down out of the helicopter, um, it'll say like Kingston Falls riots still unexplained, and Kingston Falls oh, is where yeah. gremlins happen. Yeah. So that's just a fun little Easter egg for those. It's the same universe. I saw that. <clears throat> yeah, apparently it's the same universe. Yeah. Um, oh, but going back to what Danae said earlier, speaking yeah. of fun facts, yeah. um, the, re- the reason why they had like they were all having the same dreams kind of thing is that there uh-huh. was a subplot and that they got rid of, you know, with Darren with the light shining in his head and like up on the spaceship oh, yeah. where it was like going through his thoughts and showing oh, his future. Yeah. There was a subplot of their consciousness all sharing um thoughts and everything like in through dreams and such like that and they were going to dive deeper into that but they scrapped that idea that was like so. way too that was way too ambitious there were so many yeah. like attempts at side things that you're like what was the point of having that yeah apparently like the first cut joe dante did was like three hours and 15 minutes long or something cool. i'm like who's gonna <laughs> i want to see that the- i don't <laughs> I mean, of course I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) We're not, we're not, uh, what's it called? Uh, Tipping our hand at all at our range. Class. Uh, I mean, what? No. (laughs) But what's, what's funny is, Paul, that your classic maker was the thing Danae brought up at first. My classic maker is the thing you brought up at first, which is the Jerry Goldsmith score. Yeah. I thought it was so, it, it fit the film so well. I'll only ding it because I can't remember anything from it. It's not yeah. hummable at all. It doesn't like stick anywhere. There's no hook, but it it really uh, I feel like uh, brought the movie up to a, another level with yeah. how how well it it fit and fit helped express the emotion and all that. So good job. Jerry Goldsmith is a very he's I mean he was a contemporary of John Williams but passed away mm-hmm. obviously. Wait, wait, he did. Jerry Goldsmith. He's dead. Jerry Goldsmith passed away a long time ago. Jerry Goldsmith. What? No, he's he's still alive as a ghost. <laughs> um, two thousand four. Oh, two thousand four. Really? So nineteen years yeah, ago. Long time oh. ago. Oh. Um, but yeah, he he's was very well known for kind of his more avant garde composing style. I remember learning mm-hmm. about this in one of my. I didn't see oh, that cool. one. Avant garde. He did that. <laughs> no, it's not it's a just, movie, Paul. It's a style. Oh. I think he did Planet of the Apes, if I remember correctly. Was that no, true? that was Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. That's the yeah, other right, right. Planet of yeah, the Apes. <laughs> I double check. Like, there's something. There's, he may have he done did that. Some, I don't know. He did several very iconic. He did Rambo. Surprise. He, he did do the original Planet of the Apes. I oh, okay, okay. That. But that one, that score is was so unique. So you could, it's very, uh, I don't know, representative of. Jerry Goldsmith style. It's kind mm-hmm. of like that sci-fi, mm-hmm. a lot of like metallic sounding. Oh, yeah. cool. Okay. Like features brought in less <clears throat> symphonic. 
Um, but I thought that the score was also really well done. It fit nice. in the movie. Okay. That's why they use them for Star Trek and Total Recall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, Danae, that leaves you. What was your classic maker for okay. Explorers? So since we've, we've all touched on a lot of similar things, I'll bring mm-hmm. up the one that we haven't talked about. And I don't oh. know... Um, you guys saw that the, I think it was the special effects was Industrial Light and Magic. Yeah. So even though obviously they don't hold up as well today, both Travis and I thought like they did the effects and some of the 3D renderings of like the flyover, the circuit boards. Yeah. Um, so smooth. Some yeah. of their, yeah, some of their like motion with the whole space bubble thing. Mm-hmm. It was like pretty well done for 85. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I will say not all of the circuit board design was accurate what are you but talking what? about it was a total tron ripoff <laughs> totally it, yeah, it totally it gives um, it gives a lot of tron vibes excuse sure. me danae have you ever made a space bubble that could travel to space um no but i've just then i don't think you know what that type of circuit board looks like okay <laughs> come on these 13 year olds did it come on <laughs> there was, it was funny because the one the one flyover in the beginning is a different different circuit board design, and the one thing oh. is later uh-huh. are a lot more accurate looking. Oh, so like, okay. I don't know. I don't know what the difference was there, but I was Dreams like, that's not like what that. a circuit board looks like. And then later, I was like, okay, this is better done. Um, but yeah, the I think thought the special effects were really well made. Yeah, for awesome. Their time. Very cool. I do also want to point out that Rob Bottin did the makeup effects for the aliens, which I I really like his work from the Thing and some other places. But I don't, think, time. I don't think this he, is the did best. Did he win an award? Did he this? win an award for this? Yeah. I uh, did he? I maybe. I, was, okay, I think I'm his a... mom gave him a good <laughs> job. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> wow. Hun. Okay, no, it won this one like one award when I was looking at it. Awards. Oh yeah, you're right. It did win an award. Best makeup. Saturn oh, okay. award. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Nominee. Nominee. Qualifier. Yeah, nominee. Still nominated. That's fine. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, definitely some things to like about uh, Explorers. But, you know what? There are a lot of things probably not to like. And so, let's get into... Oh, man. You'd think after all this time away, I'd have gotten... Adjusted I know, that. you're a bit rusty. Yeah, I'm a bit rusty, but there is one more thing. Uh, there is one more thing I like, guys. The Untold Podcast. The Untold Podcast is a speculative fiction podcast utilizing the genres of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, among others, in order to engage the culture's imagination from a Christian worldview. Every month, Nathan James Norman produces and narrates a new story presented in a unique and dynamic way. Check out the Untold Podcast at www.untoldpodcast.com to listen and leave them a review on Apple Podcasts. Wait, sci-fi, fantasy, and horror? Yeah. That's perfect. You did it, Francisco. This Explorers has sci-fi, fantasy, and we're about to get into the horrors of this film. You know what? I I thought you'd appreciate that, Paul. I thought you'd appreciate that. And hey, bonus, Paul, I also have some trivia about Explorers. Okay, well then let's get into this uh, awesome trivia. Well, hopefully it's awesome. You let me know. All right. Did you all realize that River Phoenix, who had grown up in the communes in South America, was somewhat unfamiliar with popular culture and slang words. So during rehearsals, it became a running joke when he would attempt a scripted well-known word or phrase. He would usually pronounce them incorrectly. 
So my question to you all is, uh, what word or phrase did you, you used to constantly mispronounce or may you still do mispronounce? For instance, like, uh, let's see, ad nauseum, I always thought was at nauseum, like you were going to throw yeah. up if you kept saying and repeating stuff. So let's start with uh, Danae. What's a word you either still do say mispronounce or you used to a lot? Uh, mine is, I, I don't remember why I mispronounced it, but a coworker caught me doing this like a few years ago, but I would say subsequent instead of subsequent, I think because <laughs> in my head, I was subsequent. like, sequence, oh, really? like a sequence that, of that events. makes a lot more, sec- a lot more yeah, sense. Subsequent. <laughs> and she's like, you mean subsequent? I was like, yes, I do mean that, but I don't know why my default was subsequent. Uh, so I still okay, catch cool. myself I do no, that. No, I like, think I, I officially nominate that we change the word to that I, because that makes second, more sense. Second, second, subsequent. From now on, it shall be subsequent. Yeah. Um, awesome. Thank you, Danae. Uh, how about you, Paul? I often, well, actually purposely mispronounce words like Danae, uh, like uh, memento. I say momento because... Oh, really? Okay. I think it's a, a token from a moment, not a moment. It's a momento, <laughs> not a memento. Not anything related to memory. <laughs> right. It's a momento from a moment. I think you got you there, Paul, but all right. <laughs> do you do espresso or espresso then? Espresso. Okay. Espresso, you're forgiven yeah. then. That's fine. Okay. But I, 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 often, I like to use supposedly. Even supposedly yeah. yes that's i feel like just culturally acceptable now exactly yeah. yeah and i often will not often but i often when it comes up will say i could care less instead of i couldn't, I couldn't because i could actually care a little less <laughs> <laughs> um for, but we're, yeah go ahead for for me or actually on uh, i'll read some that you guys are saying here live in chat uh detungston says uh that i still pronounce gif uh, wrong. No, I pronounced it perfectly right. Uh, Apple says, no, it's good. Apple says, I always mispronounced, uh, macabre, macabre as macabre. That's how it's spelled. Yeah. Chupacabra. Exactly. Macabre. Uh, and then let's see. Suede says, and oh my gosh, you're clipping that. How dare you? Um, uh, all right. Then thank you guys so much for answering that trivia. Yeah, great trivia, Francisco. Thank you, Paul. Now that we've all had some trivia fun, let's all let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about explorers. Explorers. And if any of you here live in chat have a memory, by all means say just type out in caps memory and we'll read it here live. In uh, caps so- memory. Yes. Sorry, I don't know why. I Type all that. that out. I just like repeating things. Oh Type my. all that out. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Edwards says, "I remember watching it and then going out to the backyard and building my own ship and pretending that we were on the same adventures." That's oh, awesome, how Patrick. Fun. Yeah. Kirkpatrick Palance says, "Plaisance." That too. He says the main thing was wanting to try and build my own spaceship. Well, you yeah. just need to make friends with Patrick Edwards. Right? Exactly. Build one. Uh, Eric Purcell says, I never looked at the Tilt-A-Whirl car in the quite the same way again. Yeah. Jeremy Shield says, I have a vague notion that this film exists. That's about it. Fair. <clears throat> and then Dustin Warford says, I remember loving the movie until the end. Almost felt... <laughs> 
kind of like they ran out of money and had to wrap up and end without a quality finish. Wah, wah, wah. We'll get to that. And Detunxus says, yes, I had to tilt the world spaceship too. Well, you did. Oh my gosh. Whoa. That's amazing. Uh, See, but, even 13-year-olds could build it. Why can't we? Right? I So I tried building a DeLorean, a time machine, and with like a, a pedal uh, car thing that my brother had, but I broke it. Uh, anyway. pedal it up to 88 miles real. an hour? <laughs> did it work? No, it didn't work. <laughs> Created some friction and started oh a gosh. fire on the rug. <laughs> Anyway, thank you all for sharing your memories. And Dustin's comment leads us right into the things we didn't like about Explorers. So let's spin up our... Worst Woofs. Uh, let's begin with... You know, I'm going to kick things off with something I don't like. <laughs> Dang it! Kick I forgot off. about that. <laughs> um, something that I didn't really care for that was sort of threw me for a loop was... I thought that all the romantic elements seemed very contrived or tacked on. Like the uh-huh. uh, Ethan Hawke's uh, infatuation with the girl, which that's understandable. You have crushes. But I didn't see why they needed to make anything more of it other than right. I, I get that it's a good test case for the bubble thing. But He, he gets the girl. But like, at, why, though? The that, What's the that, point, though, of that? That's, that's not the point of the movie. At all. It, yeah, it that's felt like fun. one of those. She joins in the dream at the end, and she joins them on their adventures at the end. Okay, if she was being bullied, and then this was a way for her to be rescued or something, I could see the connection. She was. No connection. Didn't go into that other subplot. There's so many subplots. (laughs) Is that fact? You cannot prove it's not. Oh my gosh. Can I jump on this one? Because then I can see one of my dislikes. I did not like this. Just this really heavy leaning into this nerdy perv stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It just felt like that it's been done differently in other like eighties movies mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, like less weird, less creepy. This one just seemed like it was unnecessary and they were too young. Like yeah. with the age that they were supposed to be, um, it was just more off putting than anything that was like, Oh, they're just like setting themselves up to be like these nerdy kids who are like spying on a girl. Like, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't feel like it was driving the plot in a way that it needed to. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like an example of it doing w- this going well is war games. I feel like that's way yeah, yeah. much or a better. 16 much candles. Better. Yeah. Michael sure, Hall. sure. I haven't yeah. seen that, but yeah, okay. we'll go with yeah. that. Sure. Sixteen Candles <laughs> like, is not d- one to to recommend for romance. <laughs> no, no, I just mean as far as like Michael C. Hall, like his nerdy. The romance character. is more more yeah, believable. Just, yeah, I think the characters are just done differently, and they're in high school, mm-hmm. so yeah. I was about I to know. say, but they're younger. That's and they do kids that age have crushes. So yeah, but I yes, but like there's they no were reason. Making, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Danae. Yeah, I just felt like it was the the stereotype that they were putting on the age of these kids was too old. Like if, oh. it, if they had been older, like high school kids, I don't know. It seems like it would fit with an older cast in a similar age movie. Um, Sorry. Go ahead. 16 Ruth. candles with Molly ringworm just made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Not ring. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. To, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just kind of, I, I, 
personally, I could relate, at least from the guy's side. Maybe the girl's side, they don't want boys crushing that so, hard on no, them. I don't I, know. I don't think it's the that there was a crush. It's that yeah. there, for the development of the movie, there's no reason from a story perspective for them to like kiss at the end, for her to be in the dream. It seems very yeah. just tacked on, is what I'm saying. I, I can see that, yeah. Okay. okay. The, stere- the stereotyping just seemed really forced and too heavy mm-hmm. okay like okay. they were just really trying to push this like nerdy yeah. kid where like they can't get a girl i don't know which there are one's better the ways nerdy kid it. all of them <laughs> all of them yeah <laughs> i just feel like yeah they, they, okay. it could have been it could have still been there and it's the crush element is still totally fine yeah, but yeah. and not like it's like oh they can't address that at all but it mm-hmm. was just done in a really cheap way i felt like yes that okay I, that's an excellent way of playing it, a cheap way all right um so that's something i didn't like i'll let it slide all right. good paul but what no, that's wouldn't fair. you that let, seems fair yeah huh? what wouldn't you let slide about this movie what is something you did well like? i mentioned that i i like jerry goldsmith's uh music in this um mm-hmm. i was able to listen to the soundtrack and kind of like what you said earlier is that there is a theme, but it's kind of all over the place. There's yeah. not one that's... I, what they need to do is like have a, a, a mashup or a mix of all the best little like tunes and melodies into one seem, nice yeah. theme going there. Um, a lot of the music is, is a little bit all over the place. I mean, it fit well with the story, but as far as a soundtrack is concerned, it, it was, I felt, unfortunately, it's a little lacking as a whole. So D. Tungsten says, you mean like an overture? Yes, they do have a bum, 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 you know, kind of like a, a overture theme. But it only each one kind of only lasts for a few seconds. It's kind of like one of the now this is where people where I get on people's bad sides. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings. And the fact oh. that um, what's his name? Horn that does that. James, oh, James Horner. Yeah, there's. There is a theme for the fellowship, but it oh. it's dun dun da da dun and it plays for like twenty seconds at most during one part. There's not an actual song that has that 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 establishes that theme. And I wish that Jerry Goldsmith had a song that that really establishes the the theme in this that made it more you know fun, enjoyable, and listened to. Absolutely, yes. Um, yeah, I can totally agree. Danae. What is uh, something that you didn't like? Or was it the, the romance element or was it something else? No, I was just jumping on that one because I had okay. more. <laughs> okay. Then go. What's something else you didn't like? I This is kind of nitpicky, but I felt like their, um, the whole like oxygen yeah. thing. Well, not only, not only that, that they, they could were eat like. snacks at the same time. Right. Yeah. Well, no, that they were like in this apparently pressurized vessel that had just like a rubber gasket sealing it closed in the front but they're like checking the pressure but like had an oxygen tank and then one of them with the gas mask and then two of them with these like poorly fitted (laughs) oxygen masks that were like literally in Ethan Hawke's mouth was so distracting (laughs) (laughs) I was like who who came up with this I get it like you the kids are gonna work with whatever they have but also this is a movie and Mm -hmm. if you're trying to like use these there's a significant amount of filming done with these nose masks on while they're like going around I'm like unnecessary they could have come up with something different they could have come up with a plot element where they didn't need oxygen sooner yeah, yeah it just yeah. felt really really 
like patched together. It was super yeah. distracting. Well, and, it's what kids do. And I, I thought it was realistic. <laughs> I'll also say that Apollo 13 taught me that you need like carbon dioxide scrubbers too. You can't just have oxygen. You need things that take out the carbon dioxide or you're still just yeah. going to suffocate because you're going to breathe out too much of that. Yeah, right. And yeah. But they pressurize it, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. How did they pressurize it? The carbon dioxide's coming out. No, wait. That's not the problem. There's too much carbon dioxide. Yeah, I was about to say. Exactly. The computer's spitting out carbon dioxide. (laughs) (laughs) Or they could have just said that they're like their bubble was just like somehow sealed and semi-permeable <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and like didn't need any like they could have come up with an equally ridiculous plot element also, and not needed it at all wouldn't the radiation from space like fry them also isn't that another factor they have to worry no, about they had the bubble I was just what the, <laughs> and what? they had the tv screen it's a little mini know. ozone <laughs> oh my gosh oh okay of course. Yeah. What was I thinking? The aliens gave him that technology. Weren't you paying attention? Uh, I, I must have fallen asleep, Paul. Uh, were you, they weren't the only ones dreaming. <laughs> uh, let's go back to Paul. What's something else you didn't like? Um. Okay. I have seen this, like I said, countless times as a kid, and I always thought it was weird. Okay. Do you remember the scene at the drive-in where they're, they're, uh, they are – watching in their spaceship floating above the cars watching and then they say oh get out of here so then they crash into the snack shop the concession stand right yeah and then for some reason the movie set that they're watching on the movie screen of the drive-in it falls apart and they're trying to put the movie set back together as they're trying to put the concession stand back together. Yeah. Are they filming? Is it a live, live feed? It's a live show. <laughs> Up on the, oh. And is this a common thing for drive-ins? Because I've never seen or even heard of that. I think that's just coincidental. I don't think that's... No. I think it just had... I think it was meant as a funny gag, but it yeah, does yeah. make... It makes no it sense at all. It makes no sense. No. You're like, okay, is that supposed to be just like exaggerative humor but i'm like why put it in there at all yeah right mm-hmm. it, it, it confused me as a kid <laughs> yeah. it's for decades yeah. it's haunted me why is this in here again with these like random little That's like funny. plot element strings that are never re-referenced or explained and uh-huh. just distract well that doesn't need to be re-referenced that's just weird <laughs> yes indeed uh something else that doesn't need to be re-referenced is um or that needs to be like looked into. You were talking about the oxygen, Danae. Something that boggled my mind is they take this computer system to a hilltop. Yes. And how is it being powered? And apparently By somehow nine volt the, battery. The computer, <laughs> the computer powers this bubble somehow, which it seems like that would take an enormous amount of power to be able yeah, to no. do that. And then the computer itself is running off a nine volt battery. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. It's portable. It's totally yeah. normal. Yeah. And, but Francisco, it's only one twenty eight k. The memory. So, so apparently, what's what's funny, and I'll just read it so I get this correct. But he, uh, so uh, what's the kid's name? Uh, River Phoenix's character. Uh, oh, Wolfgang. Wolfgang, yeah, yeah. Wolfgang. He, he says how um, the computer is like an Apple II or something oh, like that. Oh, does he? I don't remember yeah. that. I just he, remember oh, you must like have fallen asleep, Paul. But well. in, 
actually was having dreams of like computer boards or something. So the computer they actually use Mm. is a CGI Iris 1400 workstation that cost $35,000. It contained 73 megabytes, uh, 73 megabyte hard drive, 1.5 megabytes of memory, and weighed 130 pounds. And required a was not carrying it. (laughs) And required a custom portable wooden crate to house it on set. The movie needed a program written in C language that could redraw a 3D wireframe scene on in real time, a feat not possible before the CGI produced this specialized Whoa. hardware. So, yeah. It should have won award for that. Well, yeah, <laughs> probably. Industrial Light and Magic. And, and for running all that running off a 9-volt battery. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. Modern science. Wow. At it again. Wow. Um, so that was my uh, thing that just I could not square. Uh, Danae, let's go to one more just like for you before we get to our tragic makers. Okay. I hated the alien comedy routine song and dance number. Are you it. kidding me? Hated That's like one it. of the best parts. What, no! what are you talking so about? It's so corny jokes though. If it, was, if it was standalone, like maybe. If it was like just this but it was so distracting from the movie, yeah. just out of place. And I'm like, where is this like sidebar character that doesn't even, I mean, there's aliens, does not fit with the rest of the movie. I feel like maybe okay, it doesn't fit with your expectations. Nah. Like it didn't meet their expectations, which was I, part I of the plot of the film. Came in with no expectations. This is blind read. <laughs> <laughs> but I was <sighs> just like the... I could kind of overlook the costuming because I'm like, standalone, they're interesting. They don't mm-hmm. really fit with the vibe of the movie. They didn't really fit with the spaceship. But well, the whole, like, wouldn't. Hold, hold it. But the whole, like, song and dance and, like, his, you know, they've been consuming a lot of, you know, just TV and movie. And so he's speaking a lot in the, like, movie quotes and TV shows. Yeah, that yeah. was funny. That was funny. But, like, when it just devolved into just this, musical number i was like that's well, fun where they're dancing yeah yeah maybe if it was a mel brooks movie but this was yes. not a mel brooks movie. Yes. it felt like it felt like the alien scene in the diner in space balls where it's like hello my baby hello remember when he yes comes out? exactly yeah. yes, that's yes, what yes. it felt like yes. yeah but this and was trying to be serious yeah this is more is it'd be like if uh i almost want to say if you were watching rares of the lost ark and at the very end, uh, when they open up the 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 Ark of the Covenant, <laughs> when they open up the Ark of the Covenant, they have some like f- silly dinosaur come out and start singing yeah. or something. It just felt oh, so right, well, out there. Rock yeah. and roll is here. To They're stay. from like this really <laughs> that would serious, be hilarious. Just inserted randomly into into movie climaxes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually a fun bit. I like that idea, Paul. But it didn't make for a very compelling sort of uh, work up to a climax, of which this had a very yeah. poor one uh, for this movie. It was a major step out. And yeah. that was what really gave me the most Mac and Me vibes. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Which was Paul's favorite part. <laughs> It was just taller, slimier, greener Mac and Me's. That's yeah, all. Right. Paul, Paul, do you feel like you had like uh, uh, all the uh, Looney Tunes references made you like this more than me maybe would have otherwise? 
maybe i think it helped okay all right, all right. <laughs> that, there you go uh well paul what definitely did not help this film what did you hate the most about it all right for my tragic maker is the fact that this is a little behind the scenes but um paramount wanted to release this movie early for the summer movie going audience and they basically took this away from joe dante the director before he was finished they oh, yeah, yeah. edited it and uh according to dante it felt like um what was his quote that uh it was there was some there was a, a big lost in translation is what he said it, it, there was there was a disconnect of what he wanted yeah. as a final film mm -hmm, and the actual mm -hmm. final film and i think yeah. a lot of these things that we find wrong with it probably would have been corrected may i would say about half because look sure uh, let's be honest gremlins isn't the greatest movie ever <laughs> no not at all but um i i think this movie it really suffers because of that and um I have the 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 uh, the shout out or shout box whatever edition of this uh, movie uh -huh. where they did the interview with Joe Dante mm. decades later recently and they, he has the time now to re-edit it to what he would like to but this is decades later and he just he doesn't have the the wherewithal he's not in the same mind frame or mm -hmm. the, the the same kind of you know what he was thinking what he was feeling back then yeah he said so it'd be a completely different movie now really, right it would be it. impossible yeah. to unfortunately t too much time has passed and it would be impossible to get what he really wanted and it, so it's just lost what a better movie i think it is lost to time yeah. because of yeah that. he said i found this quote it said it's a tough movie for me to watch because it doesn't represent what i was trying to do it's just an interim period that got frozen in stone he's and then he says he's happy people say that they like it show it to their kids it's charming but it just isn't what it could have been mm -hmm. so i'm just looking through his filmography real quick joe dante's mm. yeah. and the only movie that really stands out as one that i i would be excited to like review on the podcast again is inner space with dennis quaid and martin short mm. but gremlins which we've done is fine uh the howling i have no interest in seeing police squad i don't really care to see um small soldiers we did i don't really care for that uh, let's see. Uh, those are the main ones that sort of stick out in my mind. He did, he did the Twilight Zone movie, which I would be interested to see, but I, oh, he did one of the segments in that. I oh, was wait, about no. to say, he that wasn't the main director. I'm sorry. That was the TV series. That wasn't yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. He did the Burbs, which I really don't want to see. He did oh. direct, uh, Erie, Indi Erie, Indiana, which I remember thinking that was a great series. Wait, again, that's probably just a few shows. Yeah. Five thing. episodes of it. Yeah. yeah. Not the whole thing. <clears throat> so anyway. There, I feel like more misses than hits with him. So your tragic uh, maker is Joe Dante. No, my tragic <laughs> maker is they did, they did him wrong. <laughs> now this may be what you guys were just alluding to with how it got taken away from him. Yeah, but I feel like that. I was telling you the first half of the movie, I thought was a great sort of like building up momentum, and it's just dashed to pieces once they hit the aliens. I'm just like. What it, it was just a yeah hard left into a completely different like like you said uh, Danae it might it should have been like a Mel Brooks movie it's like they took Indiana yeah. Jones the first half and then Mel Brooks the second half is this yeah. very disparate so uh, yeah okay so is it 
is it Gremlins 2 where there's like the weird song and dance number with like the girl gremlin? Probably that yes, sounds girl right. Gremlin, okay. yeah, That's but I haven't also, seen it. Okay, Tra- I was asking Travis that because I, I know I've seen parts of Gremlins 2 mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's the level of weird that it also felt to me where it's just like, yeah. meh, unnecessary. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, there's a mismatch. So I didn't care for the second half. I thought it went just in a complete in a direction that made it very boring and and not off putting I'd say just slow and boring it wasn't really wasn't it was slow. it wasn't slow boring I think that boring and not it felt like it very anticlimactic that's the way I'd put it, very anticlimactic um so that's my tragic maker and that leaves I think Danae what did you hate most about this film I I just feel like the plot was I, we've talked about this, but the plot was so underdeveloped, and I don't know mm-hmm. if it was like combination of the original script combined with like you know insufficient editing, not being able to finish it, and then it says like the last ten to fifteen m- minutes of the movie Dante said was just a mess because mm-hmm. like this last few scenes it's all post dub with other dialogue. You can, it mm-hmm. just doesn't feel finished. Yeah, um, and it there like we've talked about throughout. There's just a lot of these side plots that they were felt like they were trying to do more than they could in Mm -hmm, a regular mm -hmm. feature length movie or they just needed to pare it down and really flesh out some more of like the interpersonal components or just really focus on more of the space elements or make the aliens fit the vibe of the movie more um yeah the whole the whole plot seemed like it it kind of jumped in kind of abruptly the development was slow. Once it finally got going, then they just made a sharp turn. It it didn't really fit. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll say I'll I'll just expand on that and expand slash summarize it and saying it like this. I feel like this movie was developing a lot of heart, and then it just dashed that to the side. It's like we're gonna go for a straight up comedy now, and I I and I almost feel like that's in a very similar way. And this is just to sort of bring all you up to speed that listen to the never ending story, but don't like necessarily follow me in social media or anywhere. I I did read all of the actual book of never ending story. I said, I was going to do that on that podcast. I did it. And uh, like many people say, the, the movie is pretty much just the first 40 to 50% of the book. And a lot, I think the book does so much better at actually gain at the heart of what are, uh, um, has a lot more heart to it and actually finishes in a way that is has so much more meaning. And I feel like this movie was trying to achieve something. Like I, I feel like there's glimpses of something that's really trying it's really trying to say something profound, but it just like, you know what? We I, we can't do that. So we'll just go yeah. some uh, do something else. You, you know, in the oh go ahead, Paul. Go f- no, go I'm for master it. interrupting the master interrupter. <laughs> yeah. Well what's what's interesting is you brought up Neverending Story. It was mm-hmm. directed by Wolfgang Peterson, and that's who originally was tasked oh, yeah. to yeah. direct to do this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. uh he wanted to direct it in, in Germany and they mm-hmm. said no, we want it in uh US. So yeah, yeah. they gave it to Joe, Mr. Side Dante. Fire. You know Mr. what's Dante. really funny to do at the very end of the movie when they're all flying? Uh-huh. Is turn off the movie audio and play okay. the, the soundtrack to Neverending Story. <laughs> it 100% fits. That would totally fit. I believe it. I could totally see that. Although, and then when you get to the Neverending Story, when you when you watch the Neverending Story and Sebastian goes on the dragon ride, then turn the volume down and start playing... Oh my gosh. 
It would totally fit. <laughs> yeah. Is, or... his, is his name Sebastian in the movie? Bastion. Yeah, Bastion. Okay. I thought, because the book is Bastion, but I thought I heard you say Sebastian. Sorry. Anyway. Oh, no worries. I may have said Sebastian, but yeah. <laughs> no problem, Paul. I mean, you, you mispronounce words all the time. We, we all <laughs> have words we mispronounce, like uh, good old uh, River Phoenix here. Anyway. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Well, now that we've all entered our trajectories into the firing computer, Travis, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Salvo authority accepted. Ratings prepared to launch. All right. Do we rate Explorers a classic? We'd recommend anyone go see this movie, whether or not they've seen it before. A uh, nostalgic, it's worth your time to see today if you remember watching it as a kid or growing up. But if you've never seen it before, pass this one by. Or a tragic, we'd recommend no one go see this, whether or not they've seen it before. If you uh, have never seen it, keep it that way. And if you have seen it, don't sully any memories, any good memories you have of it with a rewatch. So uh, let's start with Danae. What is your final reign for Explorers? A movie you've never uh, seen before. A movie you've never seen, yes. I rated a tragic, which <gasps> is so rare for me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You should have rated that Jurassic Shocker. Park tragic. but <laughs> <laughs> I know you're really surprised by how much I was gushing. <laughs> this movie just blew your mind oh my i'm sorry i wasn't i am shocked because i wasn't paying attention to the last 15 minutes or so (laughs) tragic i I mean unless somebody just really wanted to get this obscure snapshot of like 80s culture or had a really strong attachment to it i would probably not recommend somebody spend their time to watch it totally sad sorry Uh, Very now, interesting story. It doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> before we get into me and Paul's reign, we do ask you all who support us on Locals, uh, you can uh, contribute to the final reign as well. And uh, of the votes there, the uh, Reflex of Pastors read Explores a Classic. So we have a classic from them. Paul, what is your final reign for Explorers? Um. I predicted classic, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I had a fun trip watching this. I think I would recommend it to anybody. Just oh, wow, check really? these kids out. If you haven't seen it before, these goofy kids, well, they aren't goofy. Uh, some people think they're, they're uh, what, nerdy and creepy, but I, uh, but I think they're, they're fun, and I think it's a fun adventure. And, yeah, it, there's a twist at the end, and some people don't like the twist, and I think it's fun, so I'd recommend it. i give it a classic. So you said, wow. You said you predicted classic, but that you really enjoyed, like, the trip, which sounds, like, nostalgic and not classic, but I don't yeah. know. I it's both. Okay. Oh All my right. gosh. Faking this out today. Yeah. My goodness. I thought he was really gonna tank it and just go tragic. <sighs> I know. After all that build up. Well you know what, Paul? I think you know, I think you you may have you may have persuaded me to stick with my reign of tragic to join because today. <laughs> <laughs> Give in to your feelings. But alas, of course, this would happen. Uh, we now have a, a tie. <laughs> so how do we resolve this? 
Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to say nostalgic. It's it's fine. You, or you could say it's classically tragic, but that's, no, that's yeah. deviating. It's uh, a new rating. It's a new, new show. <laughs> Thanks, Thunder Road 3. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, I probably could have said it was nostalgic, except for it's not nostalgic to me because I didn't yeah, I didn't ever no. watch it. But I could see how it could be nostalgic no, for a lot no, of people. No, <gasps> don't give it an okay. inch. Don't ah, give it an inch. Okay. You're killing me, Smalls. All right, so we're just going to say, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate uh, explores a uh, highly, highly, highly disputed nostalgic film. So disputed, it didn't get a nostalgic rating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's polarizing. It's very poor. Unrateable. (laughs) Yes. But uh, if you have seen it before, you might like it again. If you haven't seen it before, don't. Don't Uh, do it. But now it's time to get back to our own time. Good old 20XX. 20XX. Return to 20XX initiated. Comsats broadcasting on all frequencies. Are we allowed to go We're, back to 20XX with our you know what, Thunder Road 3? You know, I'm, I'm reading, I'm looking at the readings here. Something's, something feels like it's pulling us in. We may oh, have to. Oh, no. We might have to see what what that is in the ship's log. That's on the horizon. It's coming up. But uh, for now, let's let's close out the show by saying thank you so much to our amazing reflex capacitors, namely yeah. Deborah Powers, Geek Devotions, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Ruiz. Did I say Cellcast? Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Ruiz, Kenneth In, Fabulous Lomax, Rosie Lomax, That's Our Babo, D Tungsten, Dale, Mr. Lost, Daryl Hafner, Cool Deluxe, in addition to two other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help us keep flying and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to start. This stream here is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. It's really what's up, Doc. Hey, Francisco, are there any non-monetary ways to support the show? Uh, actually, yeah, Paul, uh, you probably enjoyed you listening, probably enjoyed this episode if you made it this far. So if you aren't driving, tap that chair icon in your podcast player for this episode and send it to a friend saying, I know you like uh, Explorers, so I thought you might like this episode about it. Yeah. Here these people hate on it. Sorry. (laughs) I tried to help. Hey, there's this this movie that they made in the 80s you haven't heard of, but you should listen to it. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, I heard you hate Explorers. Check this out. <laughs> Come hate on it with us. Hey, we, we, we're we just pol- polarized. We, we've we served both right, audiences right. here. Yeah. Yes. If you think there it's in the some, middle, this is not. There were good things. Yeah. Exactly. It's not for you if you think it's just okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Either great or trash. <laughs> cool beans. And I bet uh, they'll even thank you for it. For sharing this. Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't yeah. And speaking of thanking people, we also want to give a big virtual um, Exploring. garbage. Garbage, <laughs> yes. Or uh, um, tilt Junk, a whirl. Tilt junkyard a whirl. hug. <laughs> <laughs> for supporting us uh, with, oh. with your thoughts, Danae. Thank you so much for coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, where can people find you online? And is there anything cool you got going on? If not, you know, just have them check out the show or what's going on. Um, yeah, let's see. Online, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Those are the main ones. I don't have okay. external platforms like you guys do. Oh. But, um, I mean, I'm available. You can send me a note. Tell me Ooh. how much you disagree with me. <laughs> you mean agree with you? Cause, yeah, you know, or both. Yeah. Or, or both. Yeah, there sure. you go. <laughs> I both agree yeah. and disagree. Oh, no, I nothing. both. <laughs> yeah. 
nothing else super exciting going on. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, uh, Danae. Thank you to my spaceship building friend, Paul, and Woo-hoo. all you rewinders, new or old, for another fun voyage. You're welcome. And you can find me, pauljpowers.com, at pauljpowers.com. Ah, that's what I thought. And you can find me on our Discord for show announcements or just to say hi. Join us there at retrorewindpodcast.com slash Discord. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box, a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Thank you, Nathan. And as he just said, we are now part of the Culture Box Media Network. Find all the shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. Thank you, XO, and thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Rewinder to the Lost Pod mission complete. Review audio ship's logs for more details. Thank you, thank you. No, no more, no more, please. Please, my heart, my heart. And we're sorry you have to run along so soon. Aren't they great? Let's give them a big set off. No, they're not so great.